Okay, so uh, before we get started, a little housekeeping. Um, this is the first ever Decipio Bears podcast, and originally the idea was we were going to create its own feed just for this, but I realize that seems dumb, so we're not going to do that. Um, so the Decipio Cubs podcast feed is now just the Decipio podcast, and both the Cubs and Bears podcast will pop up on that feed. So if you're a Cub fan who doesn't care about the Bear podcast, when the Bears podcast get pushed onto your phone... Uh, just delete them, um, or vice versa. If you're a Bears fan who's not a Cubs fan, but if you're both, then you have the added advantage of getting both of these uh, very exciting podcasts um, right at your fingertips. So, uh, if you want to listen to this podcast every week, you have to. You don't have to do anything if you're already subscribed to the Decipio Cub Podcast, because now you're actually subscribed to every Decipio podcast. So, here's the first one. Um, Kyle's audio gets a little muddy sometimes and a little poppy. Um, but we work through it, and um, for first effort, I think it's pretty good. So anyway, coming up, it's the first ever Decipio Bear podcast. So welcome to the inaugural, first ever. Decipio Bears podcast. So just to be confusing, I know I host the Decipio Cubs podcast with Kyle and Mike. I'm also hosting this podcast with Kyle and Mike, just completely different Kyles and Mikes. <laughs> so joining me as uh, Kyle Morris and Mike Donahue, and I ask them if they have anything to plug and uh, l- listen to what they have to plug. Kyle? Uh, I, I, I still write, I, I, for a start, Kyle Orton, uh, dot blogspot.com because I'm too cheap to pay for the website. Good Lord, it's like nine dollars <laughs> to get a URL. I'm gonna buy you one. Pass around a year. I'll put I'll put something on there, but you know, if you go by the number of words that I used to say it, it, it it's the same as posting weekly. So <laughs> I got that. my Twitter handle is at start Kyle Orton. So you know you can follow me there for unhinged screeds. So what you got, Mike? I got uh, I got nothing. I got less than that. Uh, Hugh Cub at Twitter. Feel free to call me Huey. You guys inevitably will, so it's kind of interchangeable. But uh, H-U-E-C-U-B at Twitter for uh, all kinds of unhinged and uh, frothing at the mouth observations, mostly about the Cubs and Bears. So, have at it. Go Bears! Sorry, I had to get my Ditka Go Bears in that the score drops. It's one of my favorite things. It's the most ultimate meatball thing ever. I got it out of the way. Uh, Andy, if you're talking, we can't hear you. Or I can't. Andy, Sorry about that. Nothing, nothing like turning my own microphone off. <laughs> we decided that if the Bears are going to win the uh, Super Bowl this year, we might as well podcast about it. So Woo. that's why we're doing this, right? Isn't that? What? Hell yeah. So we get either the credit or the blame, right? I guess. So yep. the, the preseason has been pretty much just one big, long kicking competition. Uh, with preseason games that are fun because you can watch Khalil Mack wear a bucket hat on the sidelines. Um, you, you, I really respect Matt Nagy's total disrespect for the preseason. Just just dropping all the gloves and not even giving the pretense of giving a shit. So I'm sure he gets angry messages from the league office for not even doing the token series, but I, I respect him sticking to his guns there. Well, the only thing that can happen is bad. I mean, you 
if you know who you, if you know who's going to play what positions, you're all you're doing is subjecting them to injury. So it makes perfect sense to say screw it. You know, you may be charging regular season prices, but um, here's Ryan Nall for three hours. No, I can correct that. By the way, uh, just having being privy to the season ticket package, actually. The Bears in the NFL finally got to the 21st century uh, and have adopted this sort of tiered pricing to the value of the games. It all comes out the same, right? <laughs> I mean, if they were the same price, that's what you're paying. But a Packers game is going to be about, a, you know, depending on where you're sitting, it's uh, typically about 30% more. It actually does have an effect, I'll say, because uh, it's been made easier to actually sell some of these preseason games. So, um, sorry to... Uh, I, I mean, for years that was the case, though they were the exact same price, and it was ridiculous. But it's so, so ridiculous. So did they lower the so price? Of, awarded, yeah. uh, for example, our seats. I'll tell you, uh, in, way up in four forty, they were fifty nine dollars face for preseason, and they go as high as like one hundred twenty nine for the Cowboys game, one thirty four for the Packers. So uh, that's you know for for each one. So. The face is actually less now. It's just sort of you know moving it around a little bit. There's, it's the what you're paying at the end is is if they didn't do it that way, it would come out to be the same price for every game. But there is a little bit of uh, you know fluctuation in there. I think can benefit you if you're trying to move tickets that you can't go to a game on. So that's that's all I have to say about that. It still sucks that they're essentially you know hosting these games and uh, and expecting people to see real football, but. <laughs> Mike has awarded you three Pinocchios, Andy, for that statement. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's a recent thing. It's just the last couple of years that I noticed that. So, but the point remains, frankly, you know, it's it's a it's a it's almost less than an exhibition. They should they should tier it by the likelihood you're going to see the team win. So the Lions game costs like eight hundred bucks, and. <laughs> And if you play the Pats, they have to pay you $12 to go to it. Yeah, I like it. I could get behind that. So uh, I guess this is the the season preview, although technically I guess we could do one next week but as a season preview, but that seems excessive. Um, so one of the things that I did was I went and looked up some props that I thought would be interesting and would kill time, which is the most important thing to do on a podcast. Um so, some of the like league-wide ones were um, most regular season wins over under thirteen and a half. So, do we think any team is going to go fourteen and two or better? The Bears. No, uh, <laughs> I mean the Chiefs seem to be the obvious answer, but I mean, who knows in football? Kyle, I'll defer to you right now. I think you're a little bit more into it on a granular level than I am. The Chiefs, I don't buy that defense still. And, you know, it's funny. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, how guaranteed it is that the Bears defense is going to regress because they were number one in DVOA and all this stuff. And, and you know, I, I think a team that would be a good target for regression would probably be the team that was also number one in offense, like historically good there. You mean, but the seen is, it right you mean I mean, the I think the Chiefs were 50 touchdowns again? Yeah. You know, that part, I don't know. But do I think they'll be the same, exactly as good on offense as they were? Probably not. So I I still think they make the playoffs and put them at 12 and 4. But, you know, I'd like to think at some point we'll see the, the Patriots slow down. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to say under. I don't think anything gets 
Yeah, so certainly not in the East. I don't, or the NFC. I don't think. No, I think it's a. I I think under is a safe bet. There is anybody going to lose more than thirteen and a half games? I I feel like it's just like every th- third or fourth year the Lions kind of come around like this sort of the thing you know it's easy to pick them but every you know once in a while the year they had Ray Rhodes and made the playoffs but they're just I'm looking at them they they they, they pulled into the station at six and ten they've last been the year. playoffs like four times since Ray Rhodes that's the, that are these the kind of references you're gonna bring every <laughs> how long ago how long ago was Ray Rhodes it wasn't that long ago was it most well, last century. But right, so, but that actually proves my point. They've even made the playoffs, but it just seems like I just got – I'm basing on absolutely nothing because I've done no preparation for, uh, you know, this type of, you know, as far as the other teams are concerned. But I, I got a feeling – I'm just going to have to go with the Lions. When in doubt, man. I don't think you can take <laughs> – I don't think you can go with the Browns anymore if they're, if they're, if they're to be believed. So Well, no. They're not, to be honest. The Browns are not going to lose 14 games. I, that I feel pretty confident. Unless, yeah. unless Bengals, they have a bus accident, they're not going to lose 14 games. The Bengals look really terrible. The Raiders certainly could, and I'm definitely rooting for them because, I mean, if the if the Raiders are as bad as I think they're going to be, Drafted. then well, the Khalil Mack trade basically then becomes one first-round pick and a swap of, like, the hopefully the 32nd overall yeah. pick for the 33rd overall pick. So that's how that, that's how that could play out. So um, Nice. Do I think one of those teams will win, lose fourteen games? Yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll say, I'll say over thirteen and a half. So Oakland is really that bad with Gruden, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. He that's uh, that's, that's hilarious. I, I would love to he, see it. He came out of retirement after a fucking ten year absence. He immediately traded away Khalil Mack. He gets rid yep. of Amari Cooper, and which which I had people defend as a brilliant move because well. You don't understand how a rebuild works. They got to get younger and cheaper. So then they they trade for Antonio Brown, who's older and more expensive at the same position. It's just riskier. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and the funny thing is, is if this is a rebuild, can you point to me at any time when John Gruden was good in Oakland or Tampa where he rebuilt anything? Rich Gannon was forty fucking years old. <laughs> right. Tim Brown was a better. Yeah, yeah. That was an old yeah, team. It, it, You're right. In baseball terms, it's as insane as hiring Dusty Baker to oversee a rebuild oh. and not expecting him to just go out and sign whatever the, you know, dime store Brian Greasy equivalent off the free agent market is going to be. It, it, yeah, I, I, that, I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland hit, hit that low. I'll just say that. That is just incredible. You'd think he's doing so much uh, damage to his brand if he just – I mean, weren't they a playoff team a couple of years ago? They were actually David Carr or Carr's brother, whatever. Derek Carr got hurt. Uh, and had they won the last game, they would have had the second seed, but they lost and they kind of fell to fifth. They got bounced, but they, yeah, they, they were, were a good team. They were a team on the rise, and then they had some injuries, and the Mark Davis, who <laughs> had all of his father's flaws and none of his positives. Uh, and decided to hand a hundred million dollars to John Gruden. It was the that's great reaction possible. I really admire Mark Davis a lot. I mean, here's a guy who at least once a month goes into the barber with a paint can on his head and says, "Just cut around this, and it'll look sweet." He looks in. So I, I love the fact that they were the um, every year somebody plays. Um, Somebody plays the Texans in the early Saturday game on the first round of the playoffs. 
and either one or neither of those teams has their starting quarterback. And it's just completely unwatchable. And you get the second ABC crew, whoever they've dug out. It's just, it's like the playoffs really don't start until after yeah. that game. That's, a, tradition, a tradition like no other. So that was Connor Cook is who the Raiders oh, had to start at quarterback in that the game. The old Michigan State quarterback, yeah. right? With the real pleasant father, if I recall correctly. All right. So one he more. He wasn't even good at Michigan State. So one more league wide one. Uh, I love the way they worded this down at the uh, Brent Musburger's favorite casino, the South Point. The first head coach to leave his post, not get fired, to leave his post. Uh, the favorite in the uh, <clears throat> the favorite is not John Gruden, but his little brother Jay. Wow. Then we've got Pat Shermer, Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien, and then um, Dan Quinn. Which doesn't seem terribly likely. Um, Hold on. Before any of us answer this question, I want to know if Mike can tell me who Jay Gruden coaches. Redskins. Oh, there you go. All right. Okay. I was just text. I was just testing Ray Rhodes. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I, you know, I'm I'm content to be here for to fact check all 80s and 90s and off <laughs> references, but I'm turning to you for uh for the granular stuff oh. uh, in the current. Uh, no. Actually, no. I the, think I think Gruden's probably the safe bet there. I think if they. And I don't think they're going anywhere. They're starting Case Keenum to begin with, and I'm sure they'll turn to Haskins, who um, I liked him at Ohio State, but he kind of wilts immediately under any kind of pressure. Well, that's not. And they don't have bad, anything. Is it? <laughs> to be Todd no, Collins? Yeah, they don't have. Well, the, Why? The, the best case scenario is, is, is like a slightly more accurate Drew Bledsoe. You know, if you give him a clean pocket, He's a Hall of Famer, and then if you can move him off his spot a little bit, he he's not. So, um, yeah, I think the Redskins are going to uh, be buried pretty quickly. So, yeah, I would back Gruden now. Well, I looked ahead to the schedule. We'll have our shot, I think, in week four is when the Bears play the Skins. It's... Yeah, I'm thinking that we'll, they'll either get the tee off on Keenum or they'll that might be Haskins' first start, which would be a real welcome to the NFL moment. Andy, I don't see John Gruden on this list. I see Jay Sherman, Patricia. I, uh, I... Am I missing something? I think when you when they give you a, a ten a ten year hundred million dollar contract, it's tough to get good odds. You're going to get fired in year two, <laughs> especially when you're moving to Vegas and they you're the only guy they can put on a billboard. I guess they could put the best part. Antonio Brown's frostbite feet. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, because of that contract to Gruden, that was part of why they couldn't resign Mac. Is they gave Gruden so much cash up front. They weren't liquid enough to give yeah. Khalil Mack the kind of guarantee they, money up front that he wanted. Yeah, because wow. somebody was saying, maybe it was Hub, that the NFL is the only one of the – I'm surprised the NHL doesn't do this, but the NFL is the only one of the four major leagues where when you sign a player, you have to prove you have the guaranteed portion of his contract in cash. You got to show bank statements? Yes. And so there, there was a theory that the reason they couldn't sign Khalil Mack was that they didn't have the guarantee to prove to the league that they could afford the contract. What, what now, was, other people have was, said that's bullshit, but I tend to believe it. I mean, they're, 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 they're going to get money from Vegas, but they haven't gotten it yet because they're not there. So it's very likely that's how the Bears ended up. Is there, is there a prop bet on how wild the Oakland fans are going to get the last season? <laughs> it's going to... It's going to put to shame that that last right. game in the old Brown Stadium when they were ripping up the fucking chairs yeah, and they had. Right. Well, is it going to be more, more like Road Warrior or less like? <laughs> I, it's going to be like a like a one in fifteen team just playing out the string, just getting food the whole time. 
Oh, there's got to be a documentary about that. I guarantee you that the A's are counting on Raiders fans destroying the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bean will be down on the tunnel watching it on that big white screen. I don't think it's going to make a difference. Yeah. Actually, they tear it down and the A's go, wow, it's a lot nicer. <laughs> Look at this. It's so airy. Uh, guys, they destroyed it. Eh, it was shit anyway. <laughs> All right, so now we've got some bears over-unders, pertinent ones. Although there weren't nearly as many as I thought and not as many good ones as I wanted, but uh, David Montgomery, over or under 850 rushing yards. Interesting. I want to sidetrack this because just kind of doing a little bit of my looking at it, I want to ask Kyle, it seems, you know, I don't know. David Montgomery, that's what he's no, no, no. <laughs> no. Didn't he used to play for the Eagles? Right, right. No, that was his dad, Wilbert. Wilbert. Is that that's not his dad, is it? No. No. No, but like I know Tariq Cohen, uh, Cohen's a little bit of a gadget player, but you know, you look at the depth chart, they've got three running backs that um that look like they're going to be getting some carries. Is that common? I mean, obviously it has an effect on the 850 over under, but um uh, nowadays it Nowadays, it's pretty common. Um, and actually, I'm going to go under on this, not because I don't love David Montgomery. I really you like Mike do. Davis. But I, yeah, I think they gave Mike Davis money for a reason. I think he, uh, probably early in the season, anyways, is going to be the guy they lean on more as a blocker, um, a guy that they can trust to run the whole offense with. And he's a, he's a good runner in between the tackles, which is, you know, Howard, I think, has that perception because he, he's a big dude and he's a straight line runner, but he was more of an off tackle guy. And that was the main problem. Most of the runs in Nagy's offense go between the tackle and the guard. Um, and Davis was very effective at that in Seattle. So I think I, 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 I bet four or 500 yards for, for Davis and I bet four or 500 yards for Montgomery and about that many for Cohen, although Cohen obviously is going to get the bulk of the catches there, but yeah, um, I think, I think I the key is that it's it's not total yards, it's rushing yards. And I think Montgomery will have a fair amount of catches. So I would yeah, I would I think, easily go – I'd go under the 850 rushing. I mean, he'll be a productive player, but I don't see yeah, him I think that is, many rushing yards. Yeah, none of them is going to be a, a battle count, but I think the, the running back unit as a whole is way ahead of it was last year. When oh, basically God. when Howard was in there, they the defense knew right away – Either you're getting a run or you don't need to worry about him as a receiver. So I think this opens up a lot. I'm looking at the depth chart, and I know that's a fluid situation, especially when you have three running backs that can do different things. How many carries is he – I mean, how many touches is he expected to get? Are they going to ease him in because he's a rookie, or is David just going to bear more of the brunt, you think? Or I don't know. Nagy, Nagy threw a lot at, like, Anthony Miller right off the bat. So that's that's one prominent rookie I think that you can look to. I would expect him to get ten to fifteen touches a game off the bat. Yeah, huh. I think were we all in agreement that Ryan Null probably gets thirty carries a game. That's what <laughs> I Hub, don't know. Nagy, that's what Hub told Nagy me. Hub told me that Taekwon Mitchell happened last year. So I guess anything is hey Bell. Uh, Ryan Null. Oh man, <laughs> they still want Taco. Taco's still on the team. They wanted to make a wide receiver out of it. Jesus. We're, Move over Brock Forsey. Here we go. They gave him Kevin White's jersey, though. Is that a bad sign? Here you go. You can be 11 this time. I don't want to be 11. That's a curse. All right. Now we get to the big boy. Mitchell Trubisky. Over under touchdown passes 
25 and a half. Didn't he throw 24 last year? I think I looked that up. 23. 23? You know, he missed two games. He threw what's, 20 what's against the Bucks in that game and then three against everybody else? Is that <laughs> Which game was that, Tampa? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what? I mean, what what's this talk that somehow uh, Trubisky is on? I, you know, I, I can't. I can't defend what I hear on the score in the morning, so maybe I should just stop right there. But this notion being passed along that he's already close to his ceiling and that it's a big year because he, at this from this vantage point, he can as easily turn into Blake Bortles as he, you know, can reach the level of those two guys drafted ahead of him in Kansas City. And, and he, that's just provide man. How bullshit. much time do we got? Well, come on, give me the give thing me about Bortles optimism. I mean, the Bortle shit is really – the Bortle shit's really annoying, okay? To, at this point in Bortle's career, I think – well, at least maybe not after the end of year two, but in the middle of year two, Bortles had thrown more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. The Trubisky is, is light years ahead of where Bortles was. Now, I think people tend to overreact because – when, I don't know what the kid's deal is, but when he misses, he really seems to miss ugly. It's true. But you like kind that? of also got to turn around and look at the fact that he completed 67% of his passes. Yeah. And I know a lot of people a lot of people say, well, he, he threw short. It's the system. But, yeah, um, system quarterback. Yeah. The Well, NFL Network – or not NFL Network. NFL.com has this thing called next-gen stats, and they have a metric, which is average distance – to the sticks, basically, when you throw. So when you throw the ball, how often are you? How close are you throwing it to the first down marker on average? Most quarterbacks in the league come back well short of that. There were only about eight guys whose average pass actually went beyond the first down marker, and only two of those guys could be considered good because one of them, one of them is my favorite whipping boy, Josh Allen, because um, it doesn't say completed; it's just average. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Trubisky, Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield actually were three of the guys who, you know, their average throw in the air okay. was traveling nine, ten yards, So, which is a lot nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees was actually – Drew Brees was one of the bottom five. His average throw is really only going four or five yards in the air. But That's because that's about how far Drew can throw the ball. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, well, that's the, the bomb for Drew Brees these days. He, he racked up a lot of yards still, yeah. Trubisky has a couple – my thing that I always say about Trubisky is he's a—he's not like Jay Cutler very much. But the one thing about the one thing that is similar to between him and Jay Cutler is that there's a lot of legitimate things that people could criticize him for, and instead they bypass all of those and go to the dumbest fucking argument every time. <laughs> Get out! They would skip. They would skip. You know some of the throws and everything, and they go right to the fucking body language with Trubisky. Right. There's some questions about his accuracy in kind of that that 15 to 20 yard range because if he throws a good deep ball and he throws a, he's really deadly in the short game, it's that 15 to 25 yard range that he really seems to struggle with. But then they say shit like he can't throw left, and, yeah. and a guy made a doctored clip on Twitter that was going around of all of his incompletions to the left side. And if you only watched that video, you wouldn't know that he actually completed 69 percent of his passes to the left side that? of the passer rating of 104. He can throw left, but it turns out if you take out all the completed throws, yeah, he sure looks bad. Right. So, of yeah, I would say I'm going to say Trubisky, Trubisky completed 23 touchdowns in 14 games. If we get a full season out of him, I'm going to put him right between 28 and 
property. Yeah, you got to go over, man. I agree. I just wanted to check that because I didn't like what I was hearing. I think it's just provocative bullshit, but you know, hope you, you know, hopefully that's what it, how it bears out. Yeah, well, I would, you, say, you, I would say a couple of things. First, I'd love to know what what a John Shoop offense would rate on that <laughs> stat of trying to throw the ball past the markers. Especially if, if there was a down. single attempt that went past the first down marker. <laughs> the second one would be, I don't know how anybody can give an intelligent opinion about Mitch's progress since the Eagles playoff game, considering nobody has any idea. We haven't seen him play. Practice is, you know, the the sheer amount of, um, you know, uh, very confident takes that people have from practice is ridiculous. It's, um, you don't know what you're looking at when you're watching a team practice. You really don't. So the fact that David Haw or Mike Mulligan, whatever stooges they have on in the morning, can sit there and say, well, he's at his, he's already reached his ceiling. They have no fucking idea. I don't know that any of those guys would have any idea, even if they had actual evidence. But without it, I can guarantee you they don't have any idea. We won't know until he plays, which is how it's supposed to be. So there's a, there's a thing I like to use on pro football reference where they, uh, he contextualizes the they contextualize the stats and they adjust for error. So you know you you see like ops plus in baseball, where you know a guy hitting three hundred now is a lot more impressive than it even was 10, 15 years ago because guys strike out a lot more now. Well, football has the same thing, and they use they use a stat that I like a lot that that factors in touchdowns, interceptions, sack yardage, all of that to kind of give you an adjusted net yards per attempt or whatever. Okay. Anyway, by that and a couple of other stats, he is one of only, I think, 10 or 15 second-year quarterbacks in the last 25 years who was above average in completion, was more than 10% above league average in terms of completion percentage, touchdown percentage, and that adjusted net yards per attempt. I mean, he's actually in pretty rare air for second year. The, the most comparable guy he, his, that he was close to as a second-year player was Russell Wilson. So, I mean, he's in good company. I don't know if he's that good. I think he, he does benefit from a good system. But what astounds me is that there there's no middle ground on Trubisky at all. It, right. No. It's, either, it's either the ESPN QBR, which I have my own problems with, has him as the third best guy in the NFL last year, which I don't buy. But then pro football wow. folks grade them out as worse than, you know, as the 33rd quarterback or something, which is poor shit. So. You know, I, I think if a guy's stats wash out to where he's basically the 14th best quarterback in the NFL, then yeah. maybe that's what he is. So, yeah. And I think that's good enough to win with. With this defense. Yeah, and the other thing that everybody seems to conveniently forget or ignore is that Mitch's rookie season was a complete waste of time. <laughs> in fact, it probably is, it's probably <laughs> even worse than a waste of time. He, he had to unlearn things when they right. came in the John because Fo- the John he was being Fox coached system. by John Fox and Dowell Loggins. He <laughs> was, Loggins. he last year was his right. last year was his actual rookie season. And so here's a guy who didn't play, only played one season in North Carolina and parts of another. Um, and then basically wasted an entire NFL season with guys who couldn't teach him anything that he didn't need to relearn. Man, you are absolutely you don't right. Think that he, 
You don't think going five for seven or whatever it was against the Panthers in that yeah, game was right. useful experience? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the, the, the Dowell Loggins reference is what got me. Because, yeah, he didn't even get a chance to work with Adam Gase. He, got, he, he Basically, his first year, he gets a lame duck offensive core, coordinator. Yeah, I, you're right. Not only was it pointless, it, it was possibly potentially detrimental. Not a good environment. Well, so, and what gets me is how quickly the narrative changes after these guys are drafted because people pretend this wasn't the fact now. But Trubisky was the number one quarterback on most draft boards before that draft. And what everyone said was he's got the highest ceiling of the three. He has the least experience. He's probably a multi-year project. And then the yeah. minute he didn't light it up as a rookie, he got yeah. written off as a like a bust. And then, of course, you know, I mean, Mahomes, do I think he really is as good as Mahomes? No, no. I really right. don't. I actually... I was rooting for both Mahomes and Watson over Mitch. But the thing is that it's weird to me that the people declared him a project and then decided that when he actually did need some fine tuning, he sucks. So, yeah. No, I mean, I'm Mahomes him over 20, 25 touchdown passes for sure. Yeah, Mahomes has put himself in another class, but it wouldn't be unreasonable if he catches up to Watson this year. Let's just say I wouldn't be shocked. Well, and that, that, statistically, that gap was narrower this year than people want to pretend it was. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the, the troubling thing is, I mean, obviously Ryan Pace has proven that he's, because he's built, he's built an excellent roster. And so while the first draft was shaky and then he got saddled with a Neanderthal head coach, that didn't help. But the, you know, the and obviously the Khalil Mack trade was, you know, you got a generational talent. That was a great trade. You should make that a hundred times out of a hundred. And he's the one who paid enough to get him. The Packers could have done it and backed out at the last second because they didn't want to add a second first and they didn't get him. But it is troubling that, well, I was going to say, it is troubling that the one position that you have to get right if you're going to have a really good team is one that he evaluated. He had to evaluate, he evaluated it basically without his head coach because he didn't trust his opinion, which is fine because it was John Fox. Right. Traded up and got, and took Mitch. When you know, you'd like to think that he actually scouted Patrick Mahomes too. It, I don't know. It, it's going to dog him Kyle, forever Kyle. that he's got. He picked the wrong guy. Hopefully, Mitch is good enough to win with. But it's. I can't imagine it's ever going to look like he picked the right guy. I like to compare it to the 2004 draft, which I think is the best case scenario where Top you might have, you might have in Watson. And Mahomes, you might have the the Rivers and the Roethlisberger who put up the better numbers, but maybe we got the Eli Manning who lucks his way into two Super Bowls anyways. I don't know. The worst case scenario is probably that it's the 1983 draft and they got Tony L.A. Eason. Montana. Top they got L.A. Marino. I'm going to say Ken O'Brien. I'm, I was going to say oh, Ken. Ken O'Brien had a couple of good seasons, though. I'll take he did. Yes, yeah, he yeah. did. No, but you know, Todd Todd Blackledge was drafted before all of them. I want to say, except for Elway. He was not. Elway, he was not, not even kind of. But okay, he was a first round pick in '83, and he was worse than all yeah. of them. He was all right. Elway he was, was number one. He was higher than Marino, but of course they were all higher than Marino. I think it went Elway, and then I think Blackledge was number seven. Kelly was like eleven or twelve. Okay, Eason. Eason was like twenty five. O'Brien was like twenty six, and I think Marino was twenty seven. Something. I like I like to think of the immortal 1994 draft with Heath Schuler and Trent Dilfer, though myself. Sorry, yeah, I just happen to remember that. 
I have to bring this up because I'm contractually obligated what Trent Dilfer has mentioned. In, I want to say 1995, I think his second year, he threw over 400 passes, and he threw he threw four touchdown passes. <laughs> and I was looking at that, that one day, and I was just dumbfounded. So I ran a query because I was like, is that the lowest touchdown percentage ever? And it's it's the lowest by far. He I, I, I kept lowering it down to see if anyone had thrown 300. So I, he threw like 415. So I lowered it to 400. Like, did anybody else throw 400 and only get four? No. Did anyone else get 375? No. 350? No. So when, you have uh, to get... When, when did you reach uh, Rick Meyer on that list? Oh, God. I don't think anyone ever trusted him to throw 400 passes. He didn't throw any touchdowns, by the way. I just want to say that was a first-round pick that they traded for him. The Khalil he was Mack a couple first-round bucks. The Bears traded a first-round pick. They traded number 11 in a year where their top need was actually tied in, and Tony Gonzalez went number 13. Oh, but they got, but, ah. but they, got John, they got John Allred in the second round of that draft. <laughs> Everything was fine. <sighs> John Lynch's brother-in-law. That's right. All right, All so right. back to the props. It's still Mitch. Uh, over or under 3,775 passing yards. I don't want to show a lack of confidence. That that touchdown number was easy to go over, but, boy, can he throw for close to 4,000 yards? That's the question. What do he you was throw? That's like eight, 32. That, that's like eight yeah. screen passes to Corderell Patterson. Yeah, I think it was like 3,300 last year, I believe, somewhere in that 3,274, I want to say, in 14 games. So okay. if he hadn't missed yeah. those two games, he's probably looking at 36, 3,700. Okay. But the, is, is there an element – Go ahead, Dave. Well, I would just say the number of games is something you have to factor in. I mean, do we think he's do, right. do we think a guy who runs around, even though he's actually pretty savvy when he scrambles, is likely to miss yeah. a game or two? He probably is. So you might yeah. be looking at all right, how many yards can he get over fourteen games? Is there any kind of an element of of Nagy sort of uh, taking him to the next level at all, or we pretty much kind of see that last? I year? think so. Um. The Windy City Gridiron guys, uh, well, actually, I, actually um, there's a guy I follow on Twitter named Jonathan Wood. He's a, he's a good Bears follow. Um, I don't know his Twitter handle. i got to look for it. But if you want to get good, good Bears picks, Jonathan Wood's out there. He ran the numbers basically of every – him and I think Windy City Gridiron both kind of did the same thing. They went through all the quarterbacks basically who played for Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, that, that coaching tree. Okay. And what they did in year one in the system, what they did in year two in the system. And every every single quarterback in the system has taken some kind of leap in year two. It's a very complicated offense. So okay. I don't think they'll ever be a team that, that tries to throw it 40 times a game. So I think that puts a cap on it. But I would, if he's healthy for a full season, I, I would give him right around or right under 4,000. I'd say about 3,900. So I'll go uh-huh. over that. What's the yeah. what's the Bears record for passing yards in the season? Uh, Sid uh, Luckman, eighteen ninety five. Is it Kramer or is it Cutler? Kramer was at I think thirty nine eighty five in nineteen ninety five. Yep. Cutler would have broken it in two thousand fourteen, but Tressman benched him for Clawson in the saddest attempt to save one's job. Oh my God! Really? That's all right. Jay didn't really yeah, deserve it. Cutler ended up with like thirty nine eighty two because right. he missed that start. So the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer. That's hardly a no, surprise. I think, I think Seattle, Russell Wilson finally had one. So I think it's pretty much just the Bears and uh, 
the Bears. It might just be the Bears. I think the Bears and, and the Titans, I think, maybe, are the only teams that have never had a 4,000-yard bastard. Even the whole franchise? Not even, like, not even Kerry Dan, Collins? Or not even Dan Pastorini of the Houston Oilers? No. I, I'm assuming that's franchise, not just since they moved into Tennessee. I don't think they're really yeah, really no, well, no, actually, no. The George, the Titans, oh, yeah, Houston yeah. would have done it with Warren Moon. Warren Moon, definitely. Oh, yeah, 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 it might just be the Bears at this point. Yeah. I don't know. And if, if you're looking for low totals and offensive indignity, the Bears are your yeah. safe bet It's in every It's incredible. Category. I mean, they, they were state-of-the-art in the 40s, fine, all right, and they dominated. And it's just so funny to me now that in the last 10 years, these past – Records because you know everyone points to Cutler being the obvious one to finally pass Luckman, but little known fact, I believe did Brandon Marshall ever catch Johnny Morris? No, I don't think he did. He wasn't no, around it's still I Johnny. Believe, Morris. I believe a good old Johnny Morris is still the all-time yeah, leading receiver in yardage. Yeah, the receiver numbers are actually sadder than the quarterback numbers yeah, somehow. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and actually they've never had a thirty touchdown season either. So I'm hoping Mitch can okay. do that this year because it's still Kramer at twenty nine, and I think Jay had a twenty eight season. Yeah, that's pretty sad, too. Yeah. Considering 30 touchdowns nowadays is pretty much what 20 was 10 years ago. That's standard. <laughs> All right, so speaking of wide receiver totals, the next two are receiver over-unders. Anthony Miller, 540 and a half yards. That's not asking a lot for a number two, is it? I mean, I would I'm say go- it's, it's – I think that number is, is – Health dependent. I think that's why it's as low as it is. Yeah, true. I think uh, I don't try not to be a raging homer. I do think because I mean these are some pretty. That's a pretty low one. I'm going to say I'm going to say over because I think he probably gets around 700. Um, I think with with Patterson in the mix and and you know the running backs becoming more of a factor this year, I think there just won't be enough targets. But I think 700 is probably about accurate. Pardon my ignorance. Um, Patterson, I had sort of taken it when they signed him that he was um, very much a you know a high value special teams guy. But they, he's 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 part of the offense. We can expect well, to see the, him. You know, it, for years teams tried to make him kind of a number one receiver. They Devin Hestered him. They tried to make him a number one receiver, but he, he's not that great at um, the, the hand and the ball thing. So oh, yeah. that could be a problem. <laughs> So Bill Belichick naturally was like, well, if he's so electric with the ball in his hands and he's not a great receiver, what if you just make him a fucking running back? Um, And that worked out pretty well. So I think he'll get a couple carries per game, and I think he'll get a couple – I think he'll get some some targets, but they'll be more like of the shovel pass, jet sweep kind of – Okay. So they do. Is he almost like a Swiss Army knife a little? Like like Cohen, they got two of these guys now they're going to be popping in? I think think Nagy's going to do some really – really cool shit with those two and I think he's gonna do one or two things a game where you're you think he's about ten times too cute. <laughs> the arrogance of Matt Nagy. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne Larrabee's gonna right, throw Wayne. it down Sorry. It's gonna go it's the Wayne Larrabee drop. I mean I the, the the biggest thing I question about Nagy's decision making is the shaved head visor combo. Get a hat then. If you're just gonna shave the head, cover it up. We don't need right. you dying of a big yeah. melanoma on the top of your head <laughs> in year I mean, three. Did you prefer, prefer Tressman's weird-ass comb-over? At least he owned his shit. <laughs> Look, I think – I still don't know why they fired Mark Tressman. I mean, there's a guy, as an offensive genius, he had great command of, his, of the team. Everybody respected him. 
I can understand why they fired him. Oh, wait, that's right. There was none of that. Um, but I do love the fact that of all the people who are XFL head coaches, that he's one of them. Because nobody screams XFL better than right. Mark Tressman. <laughs> the first <laughs> day I practice, guys, this is a football. And then they all, right. then they all tape him to the goalpost. <laughs> Grow the football. Grow the man. Grow the football. <laughs> Allen Robinson, over under 900. And one half yards. I'm going. I'm just. I'm just. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. I'm feeling good. I'm going. Hello, Robinson's got to get over a thousand yards. Go Bears! That's my call, Kyle. What do you think? I mean, obviously everything's health dependent. It's football. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing out the health. I mean, you can play the, the health thing with everything, and I just so I don't bother doing it. I'm going to say if he's healthy, I think last year when he and Trubisky played together. Because there were a couple games where Robinson was out, and a couple games where Trubisky was out. When they when they come were together, their pace was about twelve hundred yards. I think there's more targets this year, so I'm going to put him right around ten fifty. Well, and then they they made the two great plays down the stretch against the Eagles, right before Cody Parkey made the field goal, and the Bears went on to play the Rams. And, <laughs> oh shit! That's right. The last. Can part I just say real quick that the sorry the thing that pisses me off the most. Maybe even more so than the the, the, the the whole lacking of self-awareness and going on the Today Show. It's simply the fact that by missing the damn kick, it would have been such an awesome moment because Trubisky had kind of an uneven game, but he fucking led them down the yes. field there in what should have been the game-winning drive. And I just feel well, he twice. was denied. His last he, two drives. Right, that's right. That's right. He was denied that the, the, his, 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 uh, his well-deserved opportunity to uh, lead them to the next round. Anyway. But you know what, Mike? Cody Parkey was the real winner in this whole thing because when he went on today's show, Savannah Guthrie named him the most inspirational player. And really, <laughs> that's what really matters. Yeah, He's really, a winner in the game of life. And a loser, complete loser on the football field. I feel like the media, I feel like they, they tried so hard to avoid creating another Bartman, Bartman. situation, which they created to begin with. That Sometimes. they kind of veered all the way, they, they went all the way overboard where it was like, yeah. I mean, sure, he didn't make the kick, but what have you done with your life, Chuckle <laughs> Fucks? I mean, he's out here, he's out here being a man, and you know, <laughs> I also really hate when people act like this was Chris, that this was Gary Anderson for the 98 Vikings. This was not the only kick he missed all year, he no, was he dead was. last, yes, in yeah. the NFL. And missed kick. This was. The, the problem wasn't even that he missed a 43-yarder. It's that everyone in the stadium knew he wasn't going to fucking make it. Yes, right. he was he going into the playoffs. Parky was a flashing red light. Yep, it was he was about, That man. was the thing that was going to bite them in the ass because they had, not only did they have a kicker who they couldn't depend, who was inaccurate, but he also had the yeah. weakest leg in the league. So they had to, you know, you couldn't even send him out. He tried so, what, like two fifty-yard field goals because he just couldn't kick it very far. If he hit such yeah, a big leg, then why did they sign him? That weekend if he made the kick against Miami, yeah. Well, right there was Miami, but why did they sign him to the contract if he had such? I mean, he was supposed to have been a top twelve kicker, right? He had a contract which made it problematic to get rid of him in the first place, right? Well, his incredible accuracy was supposed to make up for his lack of a big leg, and it okay. uh, did not. Yes, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't see much uh, evidence well, of the incredible I got, accuracy. I, I gotta say, a guy that hits an upright six times in a year—that's pretty. That's pretty accurate. So yeah, it, I mean, that's 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 it's, insp- it's inspirational. All right, let's move on before the blood starts boiling. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, now we've got um, <laughs> team over unders in the north. Uh, the wins Bears oh, nine yeah. and a half over under. That's a no brainer, right? I mean, really? So Mike's I mean, taking under. Well, yeah, no, no, hey, hey, oh. who's, the, who's, the, who's the AFC opponent this year, the West? Yeah, they're playing Kansas City, L.A., Denver, and Oakland, and then who are they playing in the East? Or who are they playing in the NFC, I mean? Um, uh, I hate the I don't, okay. They got the Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, right? Yeah, they get to beat up on the Bucks again, Panthers. Yeah, and the, you know. No, no, they, never mind, it's the East. It's the East. It's the East. East. Yeah, because 2017 was the South. So, yeah, okay. it's the East. All right, so you know, yeah, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants. I, you know, it'll, I'm looking forward to that Chiefs game. By the way, that's at the end of the year at Soldier Field uh, when they play the Chiefs. It might be meaningless. I think it might be week six. Is that is that a bare weather reference? Are you are you <laughs> bare weather? Right, because Kansas City is so tropical. The, the Chiefs won't know how to handle a Midwest cold. Right. They'll have right. no and clue. Seven, and like sixty percent of the league isn't from Florida already. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The Chargers for real they went twelve and four last year. I mean, you know, he got a couple non-conference. I think their own division, frankly. I don't want to have too much hubris. I don't want to display too much hubris here. Uh, God knows it's bitten me in the ass enough with the Cubs lately. But looking, I mean, the Vikings another year of Cousins. The Packers could really be hurting. I mean, they they could clean up like Ditka style on that division, right? So I'm going over. I'm going over for Kyle? sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm going over. I actually, the schedule is tougher. Um, so I'm thinking right around 11 and five, but I think that wins the division for him. It has to. Yeah. And it's, we know from history that the, this, you look at the schedule at the beginning of the year and look at it at the end. And it's always your perception of how tough it was. Is always well, one of the things that different. does change. It does change. One of the things that me up is that the, the bears are singled out as a team that's going to regress because they were all defense last year and the defense is going to regress and the offense wasn't good enough, but then nobody, people don't seem to bring that up about the Cowboys who were worse than the bears on defense. I think they were the number ninth overall defense by DVOA. They were worse than the bears on offense. They were 24th in that category. And they also went eight and two in close games, which history tells us doesn't care. It doesn't track year to year. And the Bears were actually terrible in close games. They, they the, the four games they lost were all by seven points or less. So that the Cowboys, by the time the Bears get to that game, I don't think they're going to be quite the threat they look like right now. Well, where, where do the why? Why are they saying that the defense is expected to regress? I, I'm looking at a guy like Roquan gets out there as a freaking rookie, and you know he looks like Wilbur Marshall in the first year. I mean, Leonard Floyd finally stays healthy and starts turning a corner. I mean. I, who's to say these guys are going to go? I mean, Mac obviously was just out of his mind last year. The, he had something to prove. The regression is based less on personnel, and it's really just based on Eternal. historical trends. And I, and I ran the numbers, and they're going to regress, but the thing that I keep trying to point out is the Bears' defense. So I, do you know what? Do you guys know what DVOA is? Because I'm going to reference it a lot because yeah, I'm a fucking DVOA. I'll write this shit down. It's the. <laughs> So a football outsider has defensive and offensive efficiency. They call it DVOA, which is defense value over average. Um, anyways, it, it, historically, this has been the thing that's been most predictive year to year. And the Bears defense last year was one of the 
the 10 or, or 12 best defenses since they've started tracking the stat, which is 86, the year after 85. All right. And now the next year, every one of those defenses has been worse. Nobody's gotten better. But the funny thing is, is all of those teams, so they're of the 12 teams that did, that were as good as the Bears were last year, nine of them were still a top three defense the next okay. year. Yeah, they, okay. several of them were still number one. They just weren't as well, elite as they were the year before. So the most yeah. recent example is the, the 2015 Broncos that won the Super Bowl with Manning's corpse. Yeah, they carried them across the finish line. Yeah, that defense was very comparable to the 2018 Bears. That was the closest comp there was. The next year, they regressed. They were still the number one overall defense in the NFL. Okay. They didn't get any turnovers. They weren't quite as good. But now for them, that was the difference between 12-4 and four and 9-7 and because their quarterback was Brock, uh, Trevor Simeon. Oh, Trevor Simeon. Right. Yeah. And they had a, well, and you know that has – Northwestern, right? You know the yeah. quarterback, your, your offense also has an impact on the defense. So yeah, the offense. When the yeah, when, the Bears offense. So if the Bears offense improves, it takes it takes less load off an already good defense. But I don't know, guys. I don't know how they're going to be able to replace Adrian Amos and all those right. plays he made at safety, yeah. where apparently he is just in the right spot, but never does anything. And um, Bryce Callahan, who when he was out, somehow Sherrick McManus magically turned into him. So I I have a feeling that the the losses are easily mitigated, right? And I'm not the, I'm not terribly concerned about a uh, a drop. And like Mike the, said, Roquan's going to be better. Now you, who knows if you how many games you can get out of Danny Trevathan? I mean that was a gift that he was able to be on the field as much as he was. But they've got actual depth on defense, which right. is also I a mean, good sign. Right. Like I thought, like like Nick Kiyakowski is an example. That's not anybody special, but I thought he was a good player. And I'm hearing he's on the bubble, and I was kind of surprised to hear that because I thought, well, he, you know, he looked okay when he got snaps. He's not a great player by any stretch, but just the fact that a guy like him uh, might have gotten cut, it, I, you know, that speaks to the depth. Obviously. I heard a rumor about why he might get cut. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The Bears want to retire Terry Schmidt's number. Oh, of course, Terry and they got to get they got to get Kwiatkowski out of it. So my, that's my, that's why he's going to get cut. Quit that's one of my. Earliest Bears memories of just the rage of some of these fans like in Soldier Field in 1980. Another thing that people keep pointing to as a reason why the Bears are likely to be to be worse this year is last year they had good injury luck. But injury right. luck is determined based off of total starts lost. It's not based off of who they lost. So I would think if you go by if you go by total number of starts, yeah, the Bears as a whole were not hit that hard by injuries, but the injuries they did yeah. have were huge. They lost their starting quarterback for two games. They lost their number one wide receiver for two plus games. Khalil Mack was out for two games and, and ineffective. Yeah, and played, it played at least two more. When and they lost. He wasn't Khalil Mack because his foot was. Yeah, and they lost right, Eddie Jackson. Yeah, Kyle they Long too. Jackson, the, they lost Eddie Jackson. The the best safety in the NFL arguably last year for two games as well. So including the playoffs. I think this year Yeah, I think this year they might see a higher number of injuries, but last year they weathered some pretty high impact ones. So I think it'll wash out there. I really do. Can't wait. So now I didn't watch I mean I've I've had every every preseason game on and I've watched I've paid attention to about eight minutes total. That's eight um, minutes more than me. You got me beat by about seven minutes and 59. <laughs> but I got to tell you guys, 
Because I watched the Pinero kick. That's what I've watched. I think, <laughs> just looking at the way he played, especially against Indianapolis, I think Tyler Bray uh, could make the Pro Bowl for some team this year. That guy, there's a real talent there. <laughs> just kidding. Searching I love the fact that he somehow continues to get paid to play quarterback in the NFL. The thing that I love about it is that guy was was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2013. <laughs> he's still around. And think, he still he's still practice squad eligible because he's never taken enough actual game yeah. reps for it to take him off the list. Well, and that if you think about it, he, he has the perfect mentor in Chase Daniel. There's right. a guy that's that's a ten year career when you barely ever I, have I, I to was play. Just, I was just thinking, he's a poor man's Chase Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, not to cut you off, but unfortunately, Mitch's injury this year ruined one of my favorite stats, which is that Chase Daniel, as far as I could tell, had at one point made the most money ever for a guy with fewer than a hundred career pass attempts. Yeah. But That's then right. Chase had to get then Mitch had to get hurt, so he blew past the one hundred right. mark. Well, I, did, did did he have like zero or one career touchdown passes coming into last year? I wanted is that right or is it something? I think it was. It was like two. He had started two season finales for the Chiefs after they had clinched a playoff spot. I think yeah. he threw one touchdown in each. Well, and the worst, get... the worst thing that happened to Daniel was that Mitch couldn't couldn't go against the Giants. Yep. Because if he tough, if the one game, game he'd started had been that Thanksgiving game against the Lions, yep. Chase Daniel's a legend. That's right. But then we got to see him the next week, and it's like, oh, that's right. This is why you don't play. God, was that a frustrating game? <laughs> yeah, he went to, he went from from Steve Walsh to Shane Matthews in in the course of that one that one game. Is, so. it, is it a bad sign when you're you're in the middle of a frantic rally to tie the game and yeah. you have to run a play right. so that your wingback throws the touchdown pass <laughs> exactly. to tie the game? Is that a bad sign? Exactly, and the last play of the game, like it didn't, <laughs> it was, it, I believe, right? Was it was it not like a fourth down? Was like last play regulation? Let's play regulation. You're basically, you know, there's no, usually there's no time for gimmicks. I'm still, I'm still mad that on the road at that point with how bad, the, how gassed the defense was and how bad Daniel had been, Nagy didn't just try to go for two there to end yeah. it right there. Yeah. I still, I still think on the road with your backup quarterback, I, you play for the win there or you go home. Well, I, I almost always believe. And I, I thought for sure that Parkey was going to miss the extra point. And, all right. <laughs> here's how it ends. Yes. But he didn't. <laughs> All right, so um, so I, I will also take over nine and a half. Um, you're going to have to win at least ten games to make the playoffs, and I don't want to think about this Bears team not making the playoffs. So I will take that. Packers also plus minus nine and a half over <laughs> or under for our friends to the north. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say under, but just barely. I'm putting them at nine and seven. This is where uh, this is where I confess that I I learned uh, who Tim what's his name Tim Lafleur I'm like I knew McCarthy was gone Matt, was the Matt, Matt Lafleur yeah Matt Lafleur I I don't know I, I you know I'll defer to you you're paying more attention than I I just um, yeah I'm not I'm going under just because just on general principle it's not Dan Lafever Dan from Western Michigan <laughs> that's one of my right? that's one of my favorite things so the Bears scouted Central Michigan enough. To decide to take a pick on him. How many rounds did Antonio Brown go by? Who they clearly had seen play lots. And they just didn't take him. 
Jesus. Wow. They don't deserve was one of the For two years, Mike Martz just got to have a – he got to have his own pick. He took – he took uh, I can't remember what the order was, but he took Lefevre. And then the next year or the year before that, he took Nathan Enderley. I can't like, oh, my God. God Nathan right? Yeah, Enderley wow. just gave him a late-round pick two years in a row to just waste on, on a non-prospect quarterback. He also got to give uh, Greg Olson away. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to use yeah. him. You might want to trade him. Oh, good. Yeah. And Let's trade a, a super productive tight end because you too fucking stupid to figure out how to incorporate him into your gadget offense. And Mike Martz, Jesus. But yeah, I'm going to put him at nine and seven. I don't buy that defense at all. I really don't. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers in the offense will be a little bit better just because it would be impossible for that talent to be worse than they were last year when Rodgers clearly didn't give a shit and McCarthy gave even less of a shit. Well, he was hurt all year, too. I mean, he got hurt in the second quarter of the first game and was never healthy. I think I think that offense will be better. I think people are really overestimating how much better, especially since it seems like Rodgers already hates this coach. But uh, Is that right? I don't, I don't buy that defense at all. I think getting rid of Mike Daniels as a cap casualty is a bigger loss than people think. And I don't – drafting Rashawn Gary out of Michigan – based off of the idea that they can get more out of him than fucking Jim Harbaugh did at Michigan. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. So I think that's a wasted pick. Yeah, I, I don't buy their defense at all, but I do buy their offense enough to give them nine wins. I mean, as for the Packers, I know this isn't this is not a unique take, but it's one that I like because I believe it. Aaron Rodgers is just as big an asshole as Jay Cutler. Just a productive oh, asshole. Oh, I like it. Yes. You know, he's not a good teammate. He's been a pain in the ass to every coach he's ever had. Um, there was that this weird interview that Chris Sims did with him on the golf course at some celebrity thing for Pro Football Talk where he kept saying, you know, so who, you know, who did you learn? You know, it, it's a perfect, it's, it's basically like having Chris Farley instead of Chris Sims interview. Him. Like, How did you get to be so awesome? And he's like, well, I'm pretty well self-taught. Like he would, he gave credit to nobody for anything Is ever. That- that's great. Was that the same golf tournament where he apparently tripped Matt Nagy? Yes. Yeah. He and I love Matt Nagy, who was like, "Oh, that just that just shows how fun this is going to be. That that shows how much respect for me he yeah. has." And nothing. Like, no, he fucking tripped you. Yes. Nothing <laughs> shows respect like trying to knock somebody on their ass at a golf tournament. That's great. Oh, Jay Cutler I, might have been an asshole. A bigger dick than Jay Cutler because at least Jay's family talks to him, you know, until they do <laughs> well, measles or whatever for not being vaccinated. And my only qualifier is call he was ultimately a disappointment as a quarterback, but and he may have been an asshole, but he was one likable asshole, like it, because of because he was an asshole. I just that whole don't care. I don't know personally. I I was disappointed in him as a quarterback, but I I never really hated him just because there's something about him I can't even define. Who Jay? So, I, yeah, Jay. Yeah, I always liked Jay. I there was always a weird part of me that um liked the fact that he didn't. I like the fact he, he didn't pretend that he cared. Yeah, it would have been I super easy for him guys. to do that. In fact, the single moment where he fucked himself in this town is, is proof of, of the flaws of Chicago. Was in the NFC Championship game. Had yeah, he been Favre, he would have come out on the field to start the second half yeah. and yeah. fallen yeah. down on the ground and left no doubt yeah. that he was too injured to play. But because yeah. that shit all happened off the field, everybody's like, "Oh, he quit." Like, no, he didn't fucking yeah. quit. He's been getting his yeah. brains beat in for three seasons. You, the one thing you know about him is he's tough. 
That's the one thing he's proven. Mies hasn't proven anything else, but he's proven he's tough. And that's right. the thing he's going to get shit about. It never made any right. sense. Right. <laughs> the thing that I said last year that I still feel in my soul, and I was talking about Jay Cutler to a friend, and I said the best way to describe the Jay Cutler experience is that I still hate everyone who hated Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah, even same. though I kind of ended up hating Jay Cutler too. It's sort of the same, yeah. You know, really, I'm with you. And people, I think people hated him because it was sort of their trained instinct. The same reason that it was easy to make Grossman a punchline, even though he had one really good year, took him to the Super Bowl. The whole notion of the backup quarterback being the most popular guy in town has been demonstrated in spades in Chicago for as long as all of us have, have been alive. And so it was almost as if no matter what he did, he was just going to get, uh, you know, dumped on. So, again, he called it that championship game. That was kind of almost in some ways the death knell. He had had a better his finger on the pulse of meatball nation, maybe he would have handled it differently. But uh, yeah, the people that, the people that were on him, I think they were just on him from the beginning, just because that was sort of the default. But yeah, when he was done playing, I was pretty damn frustrated with him, but I always sort of, I always kind of respected that. Don't give a shit attitude. Cause it just, you know, not that I take that for most guys, but I, you know, I, uh, whatever, you know, I don't care. I always think of that of the championship game knee injury in terms of the difference in perception between Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. I always said the thing Kerry should get credit for is when he got hurt, he did it. He, he ruptured things. He didn't have a misdiagnosed sprain that turned into a strain that turned into something worse. He completely would just blow out his elbow into bits. And then there was no question that he was hurt where Pryor would always be hurt but they could never quite tell you what it yeah. was. And he's going to be back in a week. And then he wasn't. And then fans Longer. would just get pissed. And it's like, yeah. and then they would call him a pussy, which was just the dumbest thing ever. Of course. <laughs> it's, I know, I know that Chicago is not unique to this. Every, every team that has every, every town that has a team has morons like that. But I've, right. I've always kind of seen it through that. You know, it's like, if you if you want, you, you need to, <clears throat> if you get hurt, you might as well just, there is no downside in making it seem like it's the worst injury ever. Because if you can come back from it, then you're a hero. And if right. you can't, nobody right. questions why you're not playing. If you try to t- try to gut it out, you don't get credit for that. Everybody's like, well, he can't even play with a little injury. <laughs> He's got to be healthy. All right, we got, we got, we got a, a lot more of these to go through because I think I, I'm, I'm getting the sign yep. that I need to wrap this yep, up. Time to put the kid down. So I'm going to yeah. go. I'm going under Packers because fuck the Packers. Uh, the Vikings... Hey. The Vikings are nine. Over under on the Vikings at nine. I'm going under because they have Kirk Cousins. Yep. And that high point, that that victory in New Orleans, it's been all down. They're going to continue to go down. Yeah, I'm going to go under because Kirk Cousins is just the dictionary definition of an eight and eight quarterback. He really is. (laughs) So Lions, six and a half. I already told you where I stand. I'm well under. I want to see another colossal Lions failure, just because it's you know it's been a few years since we've seen one. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them seven and nine. So I'll actually go oh. over. Yeah, I'm closer to that. I'm gonna say six and ten. So I guess I have to go under. And then our final thing, the last thing we have to cover here is Week One, Bears Packers, the line, Bears favored by three. And they're at home? So they're, yeah. it's a push. What it, yeah, what do they say? Yeah, you you get three for home field. field. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that's a no-brainer. What the hell? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bears 
28, Packers 17. You're, so you're going just under. I'm going under, too. You got 45. I'm going under 46. I, I can't imagine. That seems high to me, so I'll go under. And that line seems low because maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but yeah. I'm definitely going. Right, over under is 46. So I'm taking the Bears and the, and uh, giving the points because they're going to win 49 to 2. So I'm taking the over. Yeah. Oh, the well, then, then I'll see you next time, and you guys can walk me off the ledge when they lose. So, <laughs> all right. Well, good job, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Week one is fun. in the yeah, bag, and um, I would guess we will the next time we do this, we will have an actual game to bitch about. So that'll be fun. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully to celebrate is. I mean, if, if if they round them, I'll show up naked. So we uh, well, that. no, I mean, we're the only ones that can see you, and we don't want that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, thanks. don't do that. If we if we reconvene, we're extra again close on Wednesday, if they win. We, I would imagine, would reconvene in a couple weeks. We'd have some time to. It'll it'll actually have been almost a whole week since that game is played. So, yes. yeah, and then we'll we'll gear it up. Sounds good to me. All right, all right. Well, Thanks, guys. Go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs>